All right. Well, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Industrious Podcast. Um, we are bringing some Southern flavor today. Our sometimes we would refer to you as our Southern brother from a different mother, but uh, we'll we'll see how this this episode goes if we want to continue with that claim. Um, Mr. Scott Dunstan of the Dunstan Group, welcome to the Industrious Podcast, sir. Thank you, guys. I'm honored to be here. Looking forward to it. Wait, wait. Before we get started, so you're going to touch on this maybe a little bit. I'm sure it's going to be a question or two, but there's something missing from your desk. And for those listening to the podcast, I'll just, it's a pretty standard <laughs> office desk, slab of wood, a lamp, some really neatly organized piles, which means he just put them there for decoration that's not actually work. <laughs> but there's a key element missing. Where's the Bojangles? Oh, oh man, Bojangles, yeah. Charlotte. Got a lot of the flavor, y'all. <laughs> hey, man, I, I, I respect that question, but I, I do truly try to stay away from the Bojangles unless <laughs> we've had a great weekend and, and it's just that grease, that additional grease is needed. But uh, they're all around me, trust me. Uh, but but Bojangles is not here today. So here, I'll, I'll, we'll go straight to that question then. If you had some Bojangles sitting there on your desk, which bottle behind you in your office would you select to accompany your Bojangles? And I might have to go with that Whistling Pig okay. uh, whiskey over there. The Whistling Pig might create a scenario where the next morning I might need a little Bojangles. Uh, yeah, but Bo, Bojangles is alive and well down this way. <laughs> you all even have them in Indy? No, don't we don't do biscuits. So. We're no. too far north for biscuits. No, we're not a no biscuit culture. Gravy and sweet tea up there. Sweet tea? <laughs> no, no, no. We like our teeth. All right, <laughs> my treat when you, when you make your way south. We're looking forward to that. Sounds like maybe there's comes. an opportunity there. Yeah, that's right. 100%. Well, hey, Scott, why don't, uh, why don't you give our listeners and viewers a little background history on yourself? Oh, man. You're clearly not uh, from Canada. Correct. <laughs> correct. I'm, I'm, I'm from eastern North Carolina, small town called Elizabeth City, North Carolina. It's about 45 minutes inland from the Outer Banks, Nags Head, birthplace of, of uh, America, uh, as some history books uh, write the story. Uh, also, first in flight, there's some arguments there as well, but Wilbur and Wilbur Wright took their first flight down at the Outer Banks. It's a very unique area. First English child was born there. Um, small town, though, not much opportunity unless your folks were already in business or you wanted to be a doctor, lawyer, or something like that. Very difficult to start a business there. Um, can be done, but I chose to go to school and after school, after college at East Carolina University, moved to Charlotte. That would have been 2000. That make so you a Charlotte, pirate? What's that? That make you a pirate? Go Pirates, man. Go <laughs> Pirates. Party school in the Southeast, evidently, is what people refer to it as, although I feel like I got a pretty good education in business school there. Um, met a lot of great people, and, and a lot of that network still carries into small business today. Um, but yeah, so moved to Charlotte in 2000, uh, joined my uncle who had started a company similar to what we do today. And I'll get into that in a minute. Um, but, uh, that was in the printing and embroidery. We, we screen printed and embroidered there. And, uh, my uncle was, 
was had a pretty stellar network within the pain industry, which leads to our relationship. But um, worked there for eight years. Uh, 2008, we parted ways. He sold the company, uh, retired, and I started Dunstan Group. So I'm in the small business world and love every minute of it. And uh, we're, we're now celebrating 14 years in business and about, let's say, 12 of those we've been working together, which uh, we're, we're super honored to be doing so. And, and you guys have put up with us for a long time. And it just shows the loyalty with uh, Excessa and the company you and your family have built. And uh, we're thrilled to be a part of it. So anyway, thanks again for having me today. Uh, looking forward to this conversation and, and honored to be here. So that's my story in a nutshell. I can bore you nope, with a bunch of That's okay. <clears throat> well, first, congrats on 14 years. I didn't realize it had been that long, but now that I think about it, yeah, that probably makes about, it's about right. I'm flies, man. I look back at our first invoice with Excess as Dunstan Group. It was uh, too high. Of- Definitely too high. <laughs> Have we paid it? What's that? Did we pay it? Too high? <laughs> Y'all paid it? <laughs> Damn. I didn't approve that. It was paint stir sticks is what it was with your logo on it. Now there's uh, an exciting gallon, order. Uh, five gallon and one gallon, um, which I think you still buy today. Uh, yep. from us. Uh, um, yeah. So anyway, it's, it's a lot of fun and, and you guys have been a, a big part of our growth and, and, uh, you know, we're all about relationships and we're just fortunate that we've been able to maintain that even with you all being in Indianapolis and, us in Charlotte, North Carolina. Well, and I think you just you just said the key word, relationships. Um, this business, or the business that we're in, for the most part, and, and I think you could probably say this for a lot, of, or most businesses, it's all about relationships. Um, you know, are there other folks who provide a similar service, you know, in this city? Of course, yeah, there's, there's several. Um, uh, but, sure. you know, it, it goes back to that relationship that was formed back, you know, between your uncle and our father, and then that obviously has worked its way down to the next generation between you and us. Um, and I think it was, was it all pro where we first met it way was. back in the day? I don't, I don't recall which, group, yeah. which city we were in at that point in time. I know we've been to several, but. It might've been Palm Springs, California, or. I think it was uh, Palm Springs actually. There was another Lowe's resort in Arizona, uh, Tucson. Um, I just remember there being palm trees. Uh, yeah, horrible locations for tr- that's that because you never went to the meetings. You're always by the pool or on the golf course. <laughs> yeah, you know, see, that, that's a whole different story. But hey, again, relationships, <laughs> man, that's where they're formed and, and, and then having good times and good settings. That's where it happens, you know? Yeah. So, so going back to those days, what, if you recall, what got your uncle into that niche and or what? has kept you into that niche. I mean, you, I know you do a lot of other, um, industries. I mean, you, your, your sure. customers span pretty much the gamut from professional sports. We won't mention those Carolina teams to, you know, the, the pain industry. Um, but what do you recall? Like what, how that niche was, was evolved? Yeah. So before he started Jeff Brown and company was the name of the company. Um, and his name was Jeff Brown and, and he, worked for a company that manufactured drop cloths uh, for 15 or 20 years called uh, AdCap or Ad Capital. And so he had a pretty extensive network of 
folks and relationships within your industry, the paint industry and the coatings industry. And I think the business he created at Jeff Brown and Company, he truly tried to create within his own old company, Ad Capital, um, because there was opportunity there. Had the relationships, wanted to bring a new service and, and product to that market. Um, I don't think, as the story goes, that they just never really listened. And long story short, he, he just kind of chose to go out and do it himself. Um, he started that company in 98 and worked as hard as I've ever seen anyone work in 10 years. And I came on two years after he had started and, and sort of was in charge of you know, business development and a lot of other things in our industry, which is branded merchandise and apparel. Uh, there's just so much to learn. There's thousands of products. There's hundreds of ways to decorate them. There's sizing involved with shirts and jackets and uh, a lot of different brands and, and just a lot of different ways to go about it. Um, and so I learned the business from him and, and I learned the value of relationships from him and, and what that meant and, and, you know, doing the right thing all the time and, and all those things. And so he, he, uh, he had some health conditions and without going too far into detail, it was either me carrying that business forward or him selling and, and cashing out or whatever you want to call that when that kind of transaction happens. And so he went that route and it, it ended up serving him well. And, after he did that, that's probably about the time I picked up the phone and called you, Vince. <laughs> said, hey, man, you know, I was going into construction, but if anyone was around in 2008, they, they know that construction probably wasn't the best career path at that time, but it was something I was always interested in. But what I did have was the skill set within the industry we're in to, to you know, to move forward. And uh, when he sold the company, that's when I decided to start Dunstan Group, um, which is crazy, like we said, 14 years ago. So. Now, speaking of the, the niche of, of the paint industry or all pro specifically, um, did you go, were you able to go back to that well, so to speak, when you started up or did you kind of have to go out and start from scratch? So there, there's a little more to that story uh, that I've, I'd prefer just to leave off air, but fine. Um, I had to make some decisions, right? And, and you know, carry forward. He, he was on the end of his career. I was just getting started. At the time, I think I was 30 years old, uh, 31, somewhere in there. And just because I thought it was the right thing to do, I did not outside of you, I promise you, outside of you, I did not call one other contact within with, within that client base at Jeff Brown and Company. They had sold new company. They were still doing the same thing. And I thought to myself, if I want to sleep well at night, I want to know that I didn't take anything from anybody. There was no, you know, agreements or non-competes or any of that. It was family business. Mm -hmm. um, but I just started from scratch and, and started completely over Vince, you you're a great friend and you know that was a little different situation when i called you and told you uh what was going on i think i mean you you so gracious and honored us with work when when we were just getting started and if anyone started a small business you know the first few years 
can make or break you. You know, it, it, you've, you've got to have some patience and, and a lot of, a lot of muscle behind your willingness to work. Um, but so I started completely over and just started attending networking events and, and, you know, sending the message out there. This is what I'm doing. This is what I want to do. And this is how I can help you. Um, and so one thing led to another. Did I answer your question? I think so, but it uh, gener- yeah. certainly generated another one, which, you know, this yeah. is based around industry, not necessarily an industry oh. in specific, but so that to that point, now any, what advice would you give to the 30 year old Scott Dunstan's out there today who are thinking about starting their own business, regardless of what that business may be? Oh man, I would say do it. Besides <laughs> have all that booze behind you for sure. <laughs> it took 14 years to get to the point where I have a bar in my office. It's part of your wellness uh, program. Yeah, and our own office, actually. Um, so, man, I would say do it. Uh, there's no time like the present. Um, I, I would say what enabled me to do it was just being smart with with money in general. Like, I, I don't want for a whole lot. Like, you know, you. I think people are always chasing other people. I, I think the mindset would be, don't worry about what they're doing. Just do what you do. Do it well. Take care of people. Uh, our policy here is do the right thing every single time. And hopefully I've demonstrated that over the years with you. Um, because you know, everyone makes mistakes and, and not every business is successful, but that's okay. You know, you can always, especially in this world, you can always go get another job. Um, but, but for me, it was about independence. It was about, uh, building something that, you know, uh, I had a little more control over, um, you know, creating, uh, just creating opportunity for other folks and, and having fun doing it, um, and doing it in a way that we feel is right, uh, versus, um, you know, the way someone else may do it, which might not feel so right, you know? So I would say do it. I, I think it's, it's best and one of the hardest decisions I ever made, but fast forward 14 years and, and, uh, kind of what I envisioned then is, is now, and we can go into this later, but the struggle the past few years is, okay, we've achieved what we wanted it to be. Now, what does the next 10 or 15 years look like? And I'm sure you guys have some insight on that as well. Um, because you get to a point where, look, I'm only as smart as I am and I don't know everything about business. A lot of the decisions are made on gut and, you know, just, season opportunities or not, you know, but, but business gets to a point where you got to bring in some people that know a little more than you do. And, and I would also say to them, the key to being successful is surrounding yourself with, uh, people with other talents or people that are smarter than you, essentially. Like I didn't go to Yale, but I'd love for someone that went to Yale to work for us. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, so I would give them that advice and you, I, Coming back to your question before, how did we get in the paint industry, I think is what you asked in all pro. Um, I want to mention this because it, it, it screams relationship, integrity, and doing the right thing all the time, I think. Um, I mentioned we were in a buying group called all pro. That's where we met, met you guys. Um, great group full of independent retail owners uh, around the country. Um that we did a lot of work in, uh, at my uncle's business, ton of opportunity for me there, but I never picked up the phone to call them and never, never wanted to 
step on anyone's toes because I knew the company that had bought from him was still the supplier for that uh, group. Well, two or three years ago, maybe two years ago, year and a half ago, I get a call from Alpro. I hadn't talked to them in 12 years. And they said that that relationship was no longer working out. And I don't even know the reasons why. Uh, didn't even ask really, but they asked if I'd be interested in, in becoming the branded merchandise vendor for the group. And so there you go. There's the power of doing the right thing all the time. There's the relationships. Um, there's being in the right place at the right time. And so now we are back in the group and, um, we did our first trade show about a month ago in the Bahamas. Um, prior to that, it, it in the Bahamas. Oh, sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know what, man, huge investment, like, right. Yeah. Like I had to build a trade show booth, you know, had to get my team down there, had to stay at the Atlantis, which is, if anyone's been to that, it's, it's an expensive place to be. Um, but anyway, so you just got to make those investments. But did you get know. any fishing in? I did not truly, man. We, you know how it goes. Like we work the, the booth in the morning and then in the afternoon, you're hoping to kind of go to lunch or go to dinner or bump into folks that are there for the show right. or at the pool, whatever. And, and, and have those conversations, man, try to try to get, get going within the group and at the end of the day, get a return on the investment of being a part of it. Yeah. And that's, that's what we all have to do. Exactly. Yeah. Certainly. Well, we, that phone call, we, we call that karma, right? Sometimes karma. sometimes it's hard to do the right thing because you've got some opportunities staring at you, but you just got to trust that now might not be the time for the opportunity, but there will be a time. You're exactly right. And you know what? Had they called five years ago, I wouldn't have been ready, man, to be honest. Um, and, and I'm not sure I would have ever called on them because of what I had set out to do uh, in creating – new lines of business and new relationships just so I would never have a guilty conscience because I thought that was the right thing to do. But you're right, karma. At this point in, in that situation when it presented itself, um, we were ready and and it enabled us to take that opportunity. Now, now we've got to work hard at it, man. The group has changed. A lot has changed in 14 years, right? Yeah. Um, and back in our day, there was no competitor in the group for us. Um, now there are, um, and it's a different landscape. They've doubled in size. They've merged with other buying groups and all those things. So, um, we've got our work cut out for us for sure. Um, so, but the point of that is again, relationships doing the right thing. And we were just blessed that they thought of us all these years later. But I think a lot of that has to do with the power of social media, right? Yeah. 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 So. so 14 years in, um, you're certainly not anywhere close to retirement. Sorry to tell you, um, no. but you're not a young buck anymore either. So, so what, what motivates you Monday, mm. Monday morning, you get up, you eat your Bojangles, you wash it down with a little whistle pig. What, what motivates you still at this point? Dude, you know, it's an easy answer, but it's, there's a lot to it. What motivates me, I think, is now I have um, other folks and their families dependent on the business. Now, could they go get another job? Absolutely. Do I want them to? Absolutely not. Because we're working hard to create something special here. And um, 
you know, they motivate me, right? Like just the, just the fact that others are depending on me showing up and, and doing the best that I can, uh, keeps me extremely motivated. Uh, I heard an old saying, hell, it might've been from your dad years ago, cause oh, boy. So cool. <laughs> but there's, there's nothing that will motivate you more than, uh, overhead. <laughs> this right? is true. Like then yeah. overhead is an obligation, a binding contract, uh, you know, commitments that you've made and, and in business. I mean, you guys know you're constantly making commitments, whether it's with your client, whether it's with the banker that you're acquiring a new company or property or whatever you're doing, buying supply. Um, those commitments motivate me, right? Like, and, and I think it boils down to like, look, if you're, a man or woman of your word, then that, that keeps you motivated. You, you, you're following through on your promises. And that's what we do with our team internally, right? We're, we're promising them and we're committing to them a vision and goals and what we're trying to achieve for them to be better for their families and income um, and livelihood. And, you know, that, that's what motivates me. I mean, that's bottom line, really. Because some days, man, I mean, let's face it, dude, we all have days I don't want to go in today, but you get up and you go in and you do it. Well, <laughs> you, you know? go yeah. in, but you're facing that back uh, buffet there, not so much the Man, desk. I'll be honest. I don't even drink. <laughs> uh, this, if, if you walked in here and wanted to sip on the front porch, because we've got this, again, this homey vibe now, and we want to go sit in a chair on the front porch on a nice North Carolina sunny day. Carolina blue skies, you know, then I'll have one with you. Okay. Uh, but otherwise, as, as you mentioned earlier, Joe, those things are full. They're brand new. <laughs> full, full of sweet tea, as you mentioned. We need to break them in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, oh, so yeah. not too long ago, um, I guess it was maybe a year and a half-ish, give or take, uh, we had a similar conversation I was having with someone here locally who you, he, he, as well as you, basically were saying the same thing to us. Hey, have you ever thought about doing a podcast? And I was like, no, not really. Um, and then of course, over time, here we are. Um, you guys have a podcast that's, um, how many years have you been doing it? Probably three-ish? We're, in, we're or uh, August will be five years. Five, oh shit, okay. Uh, yeah, so, so not quite not a while. Time, we put one out every single week. Yeah, and the name of your podcast is the Brand Builders Podcast. Um, what is it? First of all, two two part question: What motivated you guys to start it? And then, what's really the premise behind the Brand Builders Podcast? Great question. Thank you for for asking. Um, man, you know, in our business, as I alluded to earlier, we get to uh, work with a lot of cool companies, right? Like just about everybody buys what we do in some fashion. And as you alluded to, there are a lot of people that do what we do. Um, but there are only a few that do it really, really well. And we're really engaged in our industry. We know who they are. And we, frankly, we try to collaborate with them because their advice to us and vice versa can make us better. I'm sure you guys do that within your industry too. Um, but what made us start the, the podcast was we were looking for something new, something edgy, something a little different. And at that time, there were really not a ton of folks utilizing podcasts for, um, you know, business development or in business in general, you know? 
podcasts have really taken off with the Joe Rogans and, and all, you know, um, I mean, they've been around for a while, but in business, not so much. So at the time we were like, you know, we had gone to an industry show and a meeting and someone mentioned it and we were like, podcast, how do you even do that? Like sitting there talking with Brian, our head of business development, like, man, I'd love to do a podcast, but it's really not my thing. I don't, you know, I don't like to be recorded. I don't like to be on a camera. I just don't like to be the center of attention. Kind of prefer to be behind the scenes if I can. Just so you know, we so, are recording this. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get to the point in a minute because fast forward, it's it's helped me in a lot of ways. And, and uh, it's helped the folks we've had on in a lot of ways, too, which is super special and the reason we did. Um, but anyway, so we came back and we started that thing. And uh, we just didn't know, like, what are we going to talk about? Oh, check out this mug. Like, check out this, you know, journal book. Check out this apparel we did. Nobody wants to listen to that. So what we started thinking about was, man, we have so many great clients, um, especially, like, within our local community that are doing a lot of good things, like nonprofits, different things. And so we're like, let's help them continue to share their story, not only through product, but through a podcast. And so we made the podcast all about them and their story and their brand. So the folks we have on are like you, leaders of organizations, whether it's small business, whether it's the police department, whether it's superintendent of schools or mayor, um, you know, corporations, whatever, athletes, just leaders in the community. And I will tell you this, man, I have learned we, we're about 250 episodes in. We put one out every single Friday. Haven't missed a Friday since we started. And yeah, I've talk, we've talked to at this point a lot of folks that might not think like us, but it has opened our mind to a lot of different opinions, you know, and that's probably something we all need because I think in today's world, what we're missing is conversation. And conversation solves a lot of things, man. Communication, right? Like that's the key. And and so from personal development, it's helped me a great deal. But from the stories we've shared and put out there, because we'll put it through our emails, our marketing channels and social and all that, the dots we've helped connect and, and hopefully help our, you know, the folks that we have on um, has just been phenomenal and and that's what keeps us going on that you know from a motivation standpoint is like we're just we just feel like we're just getting started you know and we're not trying to be joe rogan we're just trying to create another platform to help our community and and help me be a better person essentially in a selfish way it, it checks a lot of dot or a lot of boxes and and in a good way and what we like to call it is the win-win-win the, the trifecta, right? Like I win because we're the host and, and our brand is behind it mm-hmm. as they share it through their channels. They win because of vice versa. And then if we can raise money, we've had over 60 nonprofits on, which by the way, heroes foundation, we need to do as well. And, um, you know, they win when, when someone else attends their event or, or gives them a donation. Right. So that's where everybody's winning. And by the way, whatever that nonprofit is supporting, whether it's cancer, veterans, I mean, whatever, those those people receiving those funds are winning, too. And that's just how we like to do business, man. So that's why we started the podcast. And and it's 
is pretty much on course with what we wanted it to be. Um, we just want to get better at it, you know? Yep. So, well said. I think all that ties together. Thing. It goes back to what Joe said earlier about karma. That's it. Dude, you, you know, if you just put good out there without expecting any return, it's amazing what happens. Yeah. <laughs> it just yeah. is. You'll be taken care of. It just is. Uh, yeah. It's, I mean, I don't know. Of, so let me ask you this out of 250 episodes, um, Pick three, only three. You know that's going to be pretty difficult. That really stand out in your mind of man, those those were awesome. The one that stands out the most, <clears throat> really sad story, but it, it was really cool that we have that because, as you mentioned, we're recording these things, right? And it's a permanent file on our avenues, Apple Podcasts, wherever, Google, all the platforms. So we had this fellow on named Dale Betty, and he was. He's a combat veteran, lost double amputee, lost both his legs in Iraq, uh, ran over a you know, bomb in a tank and just blew him up. And when he got out of war, got back and got recovered, he's had over a hundred surgeries and just, you know, lost both his legs. And he started a nonprofit called Purple Heart Homes here about thirty miles up the road from Charlotte. And what they do is they go around to other veterans and build ramps and uh, access to their bathrooms. If they're double FT, they're in a wheelchair. They can't get through the standard build home. So they would go in and make their homes accessible to, to veteran, disabled veteran. And so we had him on the podcast and about a week later, literally the day before we were going to drop it, uh, we get a call from some others in the organization saying that they'll, had passed away the night before. And, and uh, long story short, man, blood clot uh, from one of his surgeries took him out, died in his sleep. Mm. Young guy in his late 30s, um, three kids at home and a wife, and doing a lot of good for a lot of people. And uh, we got that call, and it was almost like in the podcast with him, that he was, t he was talking about his story, his vision of the nonprofit and where he wanted it to go and what they had achieved already. And uh, we called him up and we were like, what, you, what should we do with this file? Like, should we, should we even put it out there? And they were like, absolutely. Uh, so we literally dropped it like right around the day of his, his funeral. And for us, we're real proud because it's a file that his team can always reference, his kids can always reference. Um, his family can always hear him say how important they were to him, um, how important the cause and mission was. And I believe, you know, that, that it will kind of help them stay on track if they ever go back and listen to it, you know, because it was, it was what Dale wanted and his vision for things. So long story short, man, that was, that, that, that one stands out. Obviously, <laughs> we yeah. could have never seen that coming and, and never wanted to see that coming, obviously. But uh, real proud that we at least had that opportunity to, to have that conversation with him and record it, you know. Um, but a lot of a lot of good people doing a lot of good things, man. The other two, uh, you know, we've had some professional athletes on um, and, and different things. Uh, Greg Olson, for one, he's talking about his charity. He, he has a son that was born. 
with a heart condition. And, you know, um, I, it, oh man, it, it goes on. Uh, I hope that that story, I, it's hard to top that one. Uh, it really is, but, but, um, you know, we just, we know we're helping. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Who, who's the one guest that you haven't had yet that you really want outside of us? You too. Out, yeah, but there's right. gotta be a second. No, we, so we do have to make that happen. Um, I think I know one that you've met him, you've talked to him, but I don't think you've had, you've actually done a podcast episode with him. And you probably exactly. know who I'm talking about. You said you got to get this guy's book or I oh, think it's the book. Uh, you talking about David Goggins? Yes. In the yeah. indie native. Goggins is the man. Um, I've met him a couple of times. His book is awesome. Uh, Can't hurt me. And it's in podcast format, which, um, a couple of years ago, I ran a hundred miles in December just to, cause I'd never done that before. And I was trying not to get fat in December. Like I always do. <laughs> and, uh, I listened to his book throughout the whole thing. And in between chapters, he comes on and talks about, um, the, the story around that chapter. Right. So it was kind of in podcast format. Really cool. I think it's the first time that had been done, but yeah, we'd love to have them on. Um, we just reached out to him recently for a breakfast event where we do speaking engagements and stuff here in Charlotte. Um, hoping he'll respond, but he's gotten pretty big time, man. Oh, so, big time. Yeah, he, for he, sure. When I, my awesome. body hurt reading half that book. Yeah. Yeah. That dude's insane in a good way. I mean, he's, he's a whole nother level, man. I mean, the dude held pull up world records. I mean, just mind over matter guy for sure i mean if you could pick up one little else from him you're doing good and because implemented. navy <laughs> seal training isn't hard enough i gotta go through ranger training and whatever else he did yeah, I, yeah. I, and these ultra marathons you know running through mountains 200 miles all kinds of stuff and yeah we'd love to have them on that 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 would be that'd be fantastic um i mentioned police chief like we we do want to have our police chief on um that's that's one uh on on our list I mean, there's so, so much to talk about around that right now. Um, we try to stay out of politics uh, just just because there's other podcasts for that. <laughs> and those Agreed. conversations don't seem to go too well anyway. So. <laughs> you, now, um, have you guys you do, you guys do some work for some of the motorsports teams there in Charlotte, correct? We do. I mean, there's a, it's a, a big motorsports industry in Charlotte, just like there is in Indy. Yeah. Probably, I mean, I could be corrected but i would say those two cities in the, in the u.s are probably the two biggest i would think um motor racing cities um okay. in terms of industry 100%. um 100%. and then in that vein i know you're kind of nascar country though there is there are some indycar teams down there as well um but you have been to indy for the indianapolis 500 uh, at the time of this recording we're, we're starting to get into that season for anyone who is not from Indy, who's never been to the Indy 500, maybe not even in the Midwest, what kind of, you know, briefly describe your experience and what you would recommend to them? It was an absolute spectacle, man. We, my situation was very, very unique, if you remember. I do. <laughs> um, my ex-wife is a wedding planner. She's a very good one. Matter of fact, I hear she just did couple years ago, Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s wedding. So she kind of made her way within within the, the driver network that we're getting married. So at the time, she had done uh, 
Ryan and Nicole Briscoe's wedding. Now, if you fast or rewind back to Indy 500, he was slated to win the Indy that year. Mm -hmm. So the reason we were there is because they invited us. And it was right around the time they were getting married. She was a ESPN reporter uh, at the time, and he was slated to win the Indy 500. So we go with them. And so during the race, we were in the infield in his bus with his wife and family. And he wrecked at that race and came in to the bus. He was fine, but it was a pretty big crash and um, obviously didn't win. And I remember him coming in the bus and seeing what it was like for a big time athlete to have just lost his dream on that Indy 500. And it just blew my mind. (laughs) It blew my mind. Like, I was like, how does this guy feel right now? How am I even in this bus at this moment when he's coming in, like, you know, just pissed, right? And hurt, <laughs> right? They, his next stop was going back to the hospital. They'd already done a scan or whatever, but he was kind of grabbing his stuff and, and heading that way. Uh, but we did the parade with him. We rode in the car in downtown Indy. Yep. We went to a couple little parties. I was mentioning before we got on, uh, I didn't even know who she was, but Kim Kardashian was there. Um, I then found out who she was after all that. I was like, who is that? Like There were people all around her, but... It was in a very, like there were some other drivers, because uh, he, he drove for Penske, so obviously all the other Penske folks were, were in town. And Penske is a, is a Charlotte-based uh, race uh, team. So anyway, um, that was my Indy experience. I'm not sure I could ever have that opportunity again like that, but uh, man, what a, what a time. I would love to come back and do it with some locals and, you know, um, understand that and in turn we could do a little nascar race i know some of the drivers will do like the charlotte race Mm -hmm. and then fly to indy and race it like the next day which i always thought was incredible just the the stamina those guys have and the athleticism you know right well hey you and your bride want to come to the indy 500 let us know yeah we don't have biscuits but we do have really good donuts (laughs) and bloody marys (laughs) i like a good bloody man Uh, (laughs) um is when is it this year? I'm, I'm not. It's all, always the Sunday of Memorial Day weekend. Got it. Got it. So that makes sense because that's when the, the, the Coca-Cola 600, I think mm-hmm. it is here. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, hey, yeah. as we sit here in our very stylish uh, wares from, from the Dunton Group, um, what questions might you have for us? Well, man, I keep hearing of a lot of – well, first of all, how's the podcast going? You have a beautiful studio. Thank you. And uh, it's, a, it's a really, and you have two different ones going now. So how's that going for you? What are you finding? Are you finding some of the same synergies that, that I mentioned? Um, I think we're still early, but I, I would say yes. Uh, my interpretation is that it's, go, it's going well. I enjoy it. Um, it's obviously going well if we can get people like yourself on here. I mean, we're, we're raising yeah. the bar now, right? Yeah, I'd be lucky if anybody tunes in, but I, I'd appreciate it if they did. No, I, I, I like it. I enjoy it. I'd let Joe speak for himself. I'm here because he makes me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good use of your time. 
I, I generally I listen to the episodes once they get published out there. I'm like, is that really what I sound like? Oh my gosh, that sounds terrible. I know, man. It, it's the same for me. I, I have a hard time listening to, to you know myself. Um, yeah, now I know how my wife feels. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, otherwise, you know, I know you guys are doing a lot of a lot of cool things and had some some acquisitions lately. How's business for you guys? And and um, you know, what what's what's the vision of, of where you're trying to take uh, excessive codings? Well, I don't think it's changed since probably the last time we talked. I mean, as we describe it to many others is, um, you know, we are not cruise control. Keep it, keep it the auto theme going. We're not cruise control kind of kids. Um, we're always looking to, you know, do something more, advance the ball, so to speak. Um, and so that's that's kind of what motivates us. Uh, we're, you know, I personally am not, I'm just not a never satisfied kind of guy, which has it's kind of a double-edged sword. Uh, but yeah, that's just, that's just the mindset. Um, business right now is strong as we were talking about earlier. Uh, but certainly a, a lot of challenges going on for everyone right now, which we've discussed before in other episodes with supply chain and, uh, cost controls and all that comes with it. And yeah, the demand is still very high. Now the question is, is it high because of just general demand or is it high just because they haven't been satisfied because of the, the lack of supply and then at what point will they catch up and will it cool off um i guess remains to be seen but uh, other than that i mean business is good can't complain so is your pop still still around in the in the business day to day or is he let off the gas a little bit uh he's probably he's probably wrapping up a pickleball match down in florida somewhere <laughs> uh, i was gonna say he's actually on a flight to charlotte right now to visit you so just want to let you know <laughs> I would yeah. love to see it, man. I'll never forget back in those early days, his thing, like, obviously he knew that he's a well-liked man, a well-respected man within y'all's industry, especially. And he would always go around and visit, especially the ladies. I don't know if that's good or bad to say, but <laughs> with, the, with his little lollipops, man, he would make his rounds around the whole show floor. Every now and then I would get one. I was like, cool, man, I'm in the, I'm in the group. <laughs> oh, yeah. But he's he's uh, he's a great man, and you guys are very fortunate to to have uh, been able to to walk in his shoes from an early age because uh, I think he's just he just gets it, man. And you guys have built a heck of a company, and and uh, congratulations on that. Um, Thank you. We yes, we sir. did do a podcast recording not too long ago where he did show up with a bouquet of tootsie pops in his hand. So did he? Yeah. Still doing it, man. He's probably taking them to the pickleball tournament, which, by the way, my dad is huge pickleball. And they're starting to do some pickleball, like, course or development here in Charlotte. Like, there's this whole new center coming. Oh, yeah. It's a big deal, man. It's a big deal for all the tennis players and the racquetball guys that are aging out a little bit, can't move as fast, but still want to move. Yeah. Um, And that's now starting to trickle down. Um, and I don't, I don't know why I've, I've not started playing yet, but, um, I'm starting to hear more and more people in our age group starting to get involved. And I think it's because it can be more social. I mean, yeah. they're, they're still a little competitive, but it can be more social, uh, than anything else. And, and so that's getting either couples doing it together or the whole dink and drink scenario. It's yeah. not, it's not just a t-shirt anymore. If you know what I mean? Yep. Yep. hundred percent, man. Cool. And it's a way to spend time with our, our folks, man, who, 
you know, none of us are getting any younger. So, right. Any other, any other questions that we can answer for you? Any other wisdom we can provide? Man, I, I, I'm about <laughs> wisdom now. It's crazy how fast an hour goes by. Yes, sir. <laughs> right. That, that continues to blow my mind no matter how many times we do this. Well, we'll ask our uh, listeners how they feel about it. Yeah, right. <laughs> I do have one last item. The last time I was in Charlotte, you know, I went to dinner and we talked about you're a big outdoorsman. I'm yep. not so much. I mean, golf's not an outdoorsman. It's a whole separate topic. Um, but we talked about trying to find some something in that realm that we could perhaps contribute together on. And we, we, we boiled it down to fishing. Um, we did. We need, yeah, we need to talk about that. That's why when, when you said you mentioned you were in the Bahamas with that trade show, it's like, yep. hmm, that could have been an option. It could have been. Outer um, outer banks I'm, may be a good option. I appreciate you uh, you you reminded me of that. <laughs> <laughs> My head has been in the sand, obviously. Um, yeah, we need to make that happen. Um, what's your what's your fishing uh, experience of choice? Ooh. I probably didn't say that right, but you know what I mean. It involves uh, probably what I do the most of is inshore fishing down in South Carolina. Uh, it's our closest beach. In-laws have a place there we go and visit. My father-in-law fishes a lot. My dad fishes a lot. Uh, so with those two men, I, I find myself fishing like speckled trout, red drum, black drum, flounder, inshore kind of fishing, which is a lot of fun. I can't do offshore. I get sick. It's ridiculous. I, you know, I grew up Outer Banks, and buddies are like captains on boats and stuff. I just can't do it. Um, I've tried it multiple occasions. Uh, but also in the mountains, in the streams, I've gotten into fly fishing a little bit. Um, there's yellow or rainbow trout, brown trout, but rope trout in the North Carolina mountains. And some of the, the best East Coast trout fishing is, is near Bristol, Tennessee. And... Um, that's not far from us either. So right. that would be fun. Uh, but it, it would boil down. If you want a bigger fish with a bigger, bigger fight, we need to get on some of that inshore fishing. Um, but that would be probably my favorite. Okay. We'll, yeah. make, we'll make a note of that. Yeah. We got to make that happen, man. Yep. I appreciate the reminder. Absolutely. Um, spend a few extra days when you come down, man. It doesn't have to be all business. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this this upcoming one is, is got to be all biz. Uh, it's going to be a shorter stop because I got to get back for some high school graduation type stuff, which is scary to think about. But uh, we'll plant something else here not too long after Unbelievable. that. Unbelievable. The cool thing about it, circling back on the relationships, your kids were being born. I, I'm not even sure you were. What, what year did you get married? Uh, like 1964. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like sometimes. I'll get kicked for that one later. <laughs> Uh, I was I got married in 1997. Okay, so you were married right when you were like getting out of high school. Kids were just being born. Yeah, yeah. No, no you well, you met my twins. Um, God, what that was? Uh, it was early 2000. Spring of 04, all pro show. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Thanks, man. Yep. Time flies. We're having fun. Hey, uh, we appreciate your time. We we thank you for for being on here today. Uh, tell your lovely wife we said hello. She's welcome Thank back you. to Indy anytime. Same to you. Thank you. Thank You're you. Welcome. Thank you. Good to see you, boys. Thanks again. And um, we'll link up soon for Sounds sure. Sounds great. 
And for everybody out there, thank you for joining us today on the Industrious Podcast. Uh, wherever you listen to your podcast or whatever um, means you uh, subscribe. Uh, if you're on YouTube um, and you haven't subscribed yet, shame on you. Scott has, as all his buddies have, so you should as well. Hit that little notification bell too so you can be alerted when new podcast episodes drop. And we will see you next time. And don't forget to be industrious.